0: Such is the competitive nature of the Premier League these days, the idea of a top four and even a top six is pretty outdated. Each and every season now a few of the big boys are going to take a punch and that's what happened to Liverpool and Chelsea last season. This Sunday they meet in a fascinating clash at Stamford Bridge. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Well, he's already given us his first Scott watch of the season. You can catch the Saturday show for that if you haven't already. Mark O'Hare with us once again. Mark, we get the start of the Mauricio Pochettino era on Sunday. Tough rebuilding job for Chelsea. Good appointment seems that way to me
1: I think so with the with the squad profile that Chelsea have right now um, and the moves they are making in the market to, to build a a younger team it's going to in, in, assumed to be better and better year on year. Uh, I think he is the kind of coach who will garner those performances out of those players. We saw the job he did at Spurs in, I wouldn't say similar circumstances, but he did sort of rebuild Tottenham um, with that new breed of of player, really, and and bring about a a much more sort of entertaining, refreshing performance level consistency too. So I think longer term, absolutely, Pochettino probably is the the person to... To get Chelsea back in that top four mix, but it's going to be difficult because the competition is so tough. It's going to be difficult too because Chelsea don't have a midfield at the minute, and Chelsea are looking a little bit undermanned coming into the start of the campaign when you're playing Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. Um, you know, there's no Unkunku either, there's no fafana either through injury, so big players at opposite ends of the field are going to be missing. Uh, speculation around the goalkeeping position too, so I think it's going to take time for Chelsea, for us to see the best of Chelsea. Um, so I was looking towards Liverpool here in this match to, to potentially get a good result. You can get them plus zero on the Asian handicap at 1.8 and I thought that was probably fair enough considering where these two teams are right now. The issue I have though is we're a couple of days out from the start of the season and Liverpool still don't have a defensive midfielder in place. Um, you know, I'm really worried about their own midfield to be honest, um, they got a lot well, I mean of players Chelsea go. are
0: probably chasing the same people, right?
1: Possibly, yeah, exactly and um, you know that defence didn't look too great without too much protection last season, uh, and we saw just the erratic nature of Liverpool last year, the inconsistency. You know, Battering Manchester United at Anfield, beating Man City at Anfield, week after, you go and lose at Forest, you go and lose at Bournemouth, there has to be some sort of balance there, and a lot of Liverpool's issues stemmed from the defensive structures, five clean sheets on their travels, Um, was it four wins away from home all season, so yeah, I kind of looked back at it really, and I thought actually my my first play here was to bat Liverpool, draw our bet, Liverpool plus zero, but... I'm going to change it, I'm going to back goals in this game just because I can't back either of team, either either team basically to keep a clean sheet considering where the midfields are at right now. Liverpool do have a, a glittering array of firepower, like probably the best set of forwards in the league right now so I do expect them to, to do the most of the goal scoring but uh, an over two and a half goals and BTTS play here I think it's probably fair enough. A little bit less pressure than backing either team really, you can sit back and just enjoy the game because I do expect it to be quite explosive, you've got two coaches who will look to play on the front foot, look to make an early impression on the league. The, the only counter argument is, um, now I don't believe in head-to-head stats or head-to-head records really, but the last four meetings between these two teams all ended nil-nil. <laughs> Eight of the last ten meetings have gone under two and a half goals as well, so there is a slight, a slight concern there, but I just think opening day of the season, neither of these two teams are ready to be at their best, but I do think the, the attacking players on show can make a big influence. Tipster,
0: trader, and dab hand at needlework. Emmett O'Keefe <laughs> is with us once again. Emmett, when the fixtures came out, I imagine both managers gave a hefty sigh. I would think.
2: Absolutely. Although, I, to be honest, I think, I, I think you know what people say about oh yeah, kind of luck evens out over a season or these kind of hoary cliches. But actually, I think Liverpool have had a huge break here in in, in playing Chelsea at this point. Obviously, as we know, um, Chelsea are targeting Moises Caicedo, and I think. There's there's a kind of high chance that that the kind of that Chelsea might maybe maybe make another addition apart from Caicedo and they'll be kind of a much stronger team at the end of the transfer window, and they are now, as Mark mentioned, Christopher and who's absent, they've a, just a massive hu- massive hole in midfield, like it's maybe Connor Gallagher who they're trying to get rid of, um, Carney. I won't try to pronounce his surname as well. But he, Chuk- exactly, yeah. It's yeah, he, he, just a strong effort there. But as in, I think, like, f- for spent the money they've spent and be relying on a kind of a relative, a callow youngster like him in midfield shows you where, kind of, th- that things have gone wrong. When in Kunkroft, they're kind of rela- relying on Nicholas Jackson, Maduike, a kind of relatively callow young players. And again, not what we'd expect given the money they've spent. Like, like they spent like, between it huge money on on Fafana and he's had like two knee injuries like as in that looks like a terrible signing already. Um, but Baddy Sheely was actually one of their better signings last season. Is is cut kind of down with injury, so I, I just think I think Chelsea are really weak here and I think there's there 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 is a bit of mileage in Liverpool drawn a bet at at kind of one point eight. I know Mark mentioned about the lack of holding midfielder, but I think that's I think that's. I just think Liverpool in general are just a far stronger side than than Chelsea and and there's probably a bit of mileage in their price I think I I just I I can't see I can't see Chelsea keeping Liverpool out I do think after what happened last season there will be a huge emphasis of Liverpool starting strong and I just do think I know, they're not, I know they're not defensive players, but I think McAllister and Sabosloy will give a lot to Liverpool's pressing game and mean they keep the ball better and kind of protect, and, 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 and protect that defence as well. So I'm, I'm pretty bullish in Liverpool. I, I could see this game potentially going really out of, hand, out of hand for Chelsea as well.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much how Liverpool do defend, isn't it, with that pressing game, which is why they struggled so much last season. Odds compiler and tipster Mark Stinchcomb has swapped the wonderful weather of Malta for the relentless rain of London, just to be with us. Uh, Stinch, how do you see this one going?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, we don't really know what we're going to get with Chelsea, in, in my opinion. Um, lots and lots of volatility. Um, have to say, you know, you look at their transfer ins and outs and they surely got to be more incoming. Um, lots and lots of holes, it seems to me. Uh, but we know they don't operate other the plan, so we shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Um, or if there is a plan, it's <laughs> written, scrawled
0: on kind of that. S- it's in, Jack, it's in Jack's it. Betfair envelope. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> um, but with Liverpool, I'm not sure we can trust them defensively. Before we even get onto fat, they obviously lost five of the midfield um, that weren't doing a very good job protecting anyway. And you know, m- neither McAllister or are naturally defensive. I, I would say, um, and actually, you look at Liverpool's last friendly. They played uh, a front six of uh, Salah, Jota, Diaz, Gakpo, Shrubaslayer, McAllister. You know, I don't see them doing that on Sunday, but. If they did do that, I mean, it sh- would be a lot of fun. Maybe, yeah. maybe we just maybe we just go out and outscore everybody. Uh, maybe that's Klopp's way. Yeah, and then if you bring Trent into that thing as well, maybe just camp inside Chelsea's house. I don't, I don't know. But um, one thing we do now is say we, just, we can't rely on Liverpool defensively. Uh, 15 of the last 21 away games, gone over 2.5 goals, uh, well over three goals per game. So um, I'm going to back over 2.75 goals, around about 1.9 on the exchange. The, the head-to-heads do... Concern me, you, as Mark says, you shouldn't really read too much into it, especially if Chelsea got a completely different team, completely different manager, but sometimes we do see these opening day fixtures, a bit like a World Cup opener, maybe be a bit tight, be a bit cagey, players maybe not 100%, so you could, if you were concerned, maybe just have a throwaway few quid on, on nil-nil at sort of 18s or, or 19s, just to be safe. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it to happen, but, you know, it's all about value at the end of the day.
0: And a couple of those nil-nils were cup finals, weren't they? So mm, I yes. That, that feeds into that as well. Uh, the dashing Doctor of Data. We'll see you now, Jake Olskathorpe, <coughs> with us. And it's the first edition this season of The Doctor's <coughs> Prescription, where Jake has used all the facts and figures to find a goal
4: scorer bet for us. Who have you got? Well, I'm, I'm glad that Stinch has kind of highlighted the argument for a lot of goals. So has Mark. Um, because, yeah, I've got Darwin Nunes. And I think that Liverpool, if they play in that manner in which Stinch is highlighted and, and you know, Chelsea have the defensive issues that Emmett's highlighted, then he's going to have a great chance of scoring. He's 21 21-10 at the moment, best price. And, and that looks to me um, like a bit of an oversight. I think he should be shorter. I mean, Salah leads the market and Nunes had a higher XG per 90 last season than Salah did. Obviously, Salah's got the historic goal-scoring goal scoring Um, you know, credence in the Premier League. But Nunes is a guy that I'm fully expecting to play down the middle this season. We saw him play on the left quite a lot last season. I think he'll play down the middle. I think he'll get more chances. And um, we're starting to see it in pre-season that, I know, we can't take too much from pre-season. We keep saying that. He looked good, though. He's looked good. But um, it's also Salah's been the man providing rather than scoring. And Nunes has been taking advantage. I think they've worked on a little bit that link-up. And and that might be why Klopp's been playing six forwards, basically. To try and work on that interlink play try and get each other familiar and, and work out each other's patterns. So he looks a big price to me at 21 to 10. So he's the first of this edition. And I, I just, I'm on board with um, Liverpool on the handicap. I think it's a, I think it's cracking bet. I think Chelsea, I, I agree with em, everything Emmett said in terms of a good time to play Chelsea, just purely because it's so early in the Pochettino reign that there's still going to be teething issues in terms of getting what he wants out of that squad. You know, maybe 10 games down the line, away at Chelsea will look like a much tougher task than this opening game, and, and obviously there are defensive issues, just general personnel issues at Chelsea in terms of hot holes. And, um, and yeah, Liverpool, like, is, is Thiago still knocking around? Yeah, is he's is injured. Is he injured? Well, that's a surprise. Is Bacetic <laughs> still around? Injured, is he injured? injured. Right. He's going to yeah. miss the start, isn't he? But but they, they've got, you know, I know they're, they're looking to stand another the holding midfielder, but if, they, if if they can get one of those fit, they'd do a decent enough job there. I personally would like to see McAllister play that deep role because he kind of, he did it with a bit of help at Brighton. I know he had Gross or Caicedo next to him before he went to a more advanced ten at the end of the season. So he's capable of kind of holding that pivot together. And then you've got Curtis Jones, who finished last season really well on that uh, as the the box to box eight. And who could be able to go and press forward. So I I just think that Liverpool are in a better position to to capitalise on the opening day. And and I'm happy to take them at what is a a really good price. I think 1.8 draw no bet as well as newness to bag. Yeah, a few interesting options there to potentially throw into. An Acca
0: and Betfair is offering a completely free football Acca every weekend in August, but you have to opt in to claim it. Maximum free bet varies between £1 and £2 per customer. Minimum combined odds and T's and C's apply. To West London then, and the Ange Postacoglu revolution begins as Tottenham make the short trip to Brentford. Jake, it's tricky to assess Spurs because we don't know if Harry Kane
4: is going to be there. So how do we look ahead to this one? Just look back at what Ange has done previously. I'm calling him Ange because I would probably <laughs> butcher his second name. Um, but Oster yeah. Coglu, it's really easy. Come <laughs> on. Oster Coglu, there, there you go. go. You did um, it first time. There you yeah. Go. Um, but yeah, Ange's, um, <laughs> <he's> <laughs> yeah th- he brings the goals, he brings the fun. You know, you, you only have to watch his Celtic team. They're very much a kind of will score more than you, play on the front foot, take a lot of risks and, and I think that could lead to a very high scoring game at Brentford and I think the overs is around 1.76 which may be a bit short for others, I'm happy to take that. If you want to take a bigger prize you could look at BTTS and the overs because I think Brentford even without Ivan Tony, will create enough chances against what is still a very poor looking Spurs backline. and they've brought in a centre half micky Mickey van der Ven who's just come in. Um, whether he's going to be coming straight into this game I'm not too sure but if he doesn't you're looking at probably Ben Davies and Christian Romero at centre-half or I don't know Eric Dyer might still get a game you never know do um, yeah, th- we do an outright of Romero to get booked in every <laughs> game he plays <laughs> That'd be a heavily, heavily odds on I reckon for <laughs> most matches um, but yeah the the yeah. Brentford side last season were very good at home. 1.8 expected goals four per game, so they were creating numerous amount of chances. They actually finished the season really well, even without Tony. You know, you saw Vissar and Bueno looking really sharp, and and they brought in is it um, Shard? Is that, is that how you say his name? The, the Shardy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, whether Mega he's, quick. whether he's going to come in and, and play alongside those two or you know slot instead of one, um, I think they're going to cause Tottenham problems. But by the same token, I think Spurs will create plenty and I just an interesting angle from preseason again Pre-season, I could caveat that straight away but Spurs they've been shot crazy in the last couple of uh, preseason matches I think they've had 30 shots in the last two matches so that's not combined that's separately so if you can get any decent prices on Spurs shot lines maybe over 18 or something like that that might be something to look at or keep an eye on as the season progresses Stinch nodding furiously there.
3: Yeah, I mean it sounds very, very interesting, very exciting. If you've gone from a, you know, Antonio Conte team that maybe plays on the back foot to then a more uh, offensive team, and it's not factored in, then lots to be excited about. It's a bit back. of a
0: culture shock, isn't it, between the two of them?
3: Yeah, I mean um, chalk and cheese, day and night. However you wanna, however you wanna coin it. Um, I, I'm making things quite simple here, to be honest. Brentford are missing Ivan Tony up until January. Think there is potential they could get dragged into a bit of a relegation battle. Um, you you have to caveat caveat that with the fact he missed five games last season. They won four and draw one. However, small sample size, obviously. Um, three of those wins were the last three games of the season, when you can question motivation. Yeah. In elsewhere, so I think it's still still to be seen whether they can cope without him. Um, you know, he scored 20 of Brentford's 58 goals last season, so over a third. And if it looks like Kane will be here for this game. And he finished the, uh, the back end of last season. Fantastic. 15 goals in his last 18 games. And if he's playing in a more offensive team, uh, he got four goals, I think, against Shakhtar and a friendly the other day. Um, so he's obviously fit, firing, ready to go. Then um, I, think, I think it might make sense to side with Spurs there. Draw no bet. Uh, around about 1.83 on the exchange. Um, we talk a lot about expected goals driving prices, um, but I think somebody like James Madison is a great person that can basically put a hole in that those sorts of figures. You know, 43 Premier League goals from only 31 expected goals. Now, we talk about often that that's not sustainable, but I think with somebody like Madison it is. You know, he is capable. He aims. he's so good technically. Yes, he aims, he aims for these fine margins. He aims for the top corners. He practices religiously. So I think someone like that I- in, a, in, a, in a sport where you have, um, you know, it's low, low goal sport, you know, these fine margins can make the difference. So, uh, yeah, siding with Spurs in, in the opener. And uh, let's see how, uh, how Ange gets off.
4: The funny thing with Spurs, you touched on it there with Madison, um, is that they've got three players now that do that. Because Kane is, mm-hmm. is relentlessly overperforming his XG yep. season on season. Hyun Son is arguably the best in, in Europe in terms of overperforming his XG, and that's purely because he's so good with both feet. Yeah. So, you know, everything's factored into calculating the XG of a shot in terms of like strong foot, weak foot. So, when he's taking shots on his so called weak foot, he's still being extremely pinpoint accurate. And he fires the corner as well, pace. doesn't he? He's always done that. He does, yeah. and, and he fires it with such pace as well, and, that, and that's factored in, uh, into the strike as well. So, Having those, that's going to be really interesting if you've got these three guys that are, you know, they've proven over the long period of time that they can overperform in terms of expected goals because they are just such good finishes or above average finishes, if you like, when you look at post-shot XG. And then you put them into a team that's going to create more chances and going to be more on the front foot and they're going to have more opportunities to shoot. That could be a really interesting blend.
0: Emmett, the flip side of this, of course, is that we don't know what, is going to happen with Spurs defensively and they're up against arguably the most inventive set piece team in the Premier League and that's going to be a big weapon again you would think for Brentford.
2: Yeah th- this match does a little bit have shades of the brentford man United fixture uh, last season I feel like when you have such a kind of a change in style from Solskjaer to Ten Hag last season and similarly like the kind of Ange Postacoglu style versus Antonio Conte and his various assistants who took over in last season is kind of night and day so I, I, I would be a little worried and, and we saw we saw itself t- it did take quite a while for Ange to kind of to kind of to kind of bed in so I am wary of kind of being well. be <laughs> <laughs> I am <laughs> being wa- I am, I am, I am be. Kind of wary, wary of being pro Tottenham but I'm, I'm also, as 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 Mark said, it, it's, it's as well. It's not just the Ivan Tony loss with Brentford that can, we, have to, we have to cope with. Like David Rea was, if not the best, definitely in the top three keepers in the Premier League last season. I, 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 and we don't know how how necessarily his replacement perform will perform, and, and how much of a drop off that'll be. So I kind of I'm a, I'm a little bit unsure in the match betting, but I do expect it to be a high scoring game, as the kind of the short price for over 2.5 goals indicates. And to kind of play into that, the angle I like here is Brian Embuemo to score. If you get him anything at two to one or better. So the interesting thing about Embuemo, for the listeners who might not know this, he'd be one of the best kind of assist makers of a kind of a striker in the Premier League. He's averaging over eight assists for each of the last three seasons. But he's kind of going from now where he was kind of a supporting actor to now he's the main star, I suppose, in movie terms. Going from a Philip Seymour Hoffman to kind of a Leo DiCaprio or Matt Damon <laughs> role, and <laughs> I, I, I think a bit I think of culture I think there. <laughs> I like exactly that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think. I, I think the, the, the odds might take a little while to catch up. I think he's also on penalties for, for Brentford. I, th- I expect him. He's always had kind of good XG figures at Brentford. He's maybe his finishing has slightly let him down, but I expect those figures to only increase as he's their kind of main central striker without Tony, so and way more to score uh, at anything over 2-1. to
0: I'm going to be kind and say we'll finish off with the George Clooney of the show. There you go, Mark.
1: (laughs) How's it going to go? Yeah, I'll just create a bit more confusion for for listeners, really, because uh, I won't be with Tottenham, I'll be with Brentford in this match. Um, Had their best finish um, since the 1930s last season, and it wasn't a fluke either. They were rated as the seventh best team on underlying metrics in the Premier League last year particularly strong at the community community stadium losing just twice uh, against arsenal and newcastle top four teams they're outsiders here i understand why they were so when they hosted spurs last season too and uh, no tony no raya that's a blow obviously but um they're a very smart football club they know what they're doing they know the direction of travel that they're going in there's consistency there there's continuity there and you you guys have already talked about it the set piece prowess of brentford uh, the physicality of that team, the direct nature of them. It's going to be a clash of styles here, and I'm glad that Emmett brought up the, the Brentford Man United match last year, because I'm not saying that's what's, what's going to happen here, but there are parallels between a team kind of going through uh, transition, like Tottenham will be. Um, we talked about Chelsea being, you know, it's a good time to play Chelsea this, this weekend. It could be a good time to play Spurs too, particularly without Bentancourt, and particularly with Brentford at home. As I say, I will just trust in their process, trust in their style, Trust in the direction of travel that they're going in. Uh, I do like Wissa and Bueno and Sharda as a, as a front three. I think they're all capable in, in different ways to to hurt a Spurs defence, which was never the best anyhow last season. If we release the shackles a bit more. Um, I think Brentford can do some damage there. So, you know, Tottenham are favourites to win this match. So um, I'm kind of going against the grain, even though I don't think I really am, by backing Brentford plus a quarter on the Asian handicap at, at 183. They only lost nine times all season in the Premier League last year, which is an incredible feat. You know, that's better than a lot of the top four finishers. Um, so they are a very difficult team to beat, physical, hard. Um, yeah, you know, as long as Brentford don't lose, I make money in this match. And um, at 183, I think that's absolutely fair enough.
0: One thing just quickly we haven't talked about, actually, is the change of goalkeeper for Tottenham because obviously Lloris was there for a long, long time, brought in Vicario, who we know from Italian football is a good shot stopper, but it's a different league, different challenge for him and pre-season, a couple of shaky moments?
1: I haven't seen anything of pre-season, but um, I think it's fair to say Lloris was was on the way out um, at some point, so I'd almost say that anyone would be an upgrade on Lloris (laughs) on last season's performances. Well, not me. um, (laughs) I think if I was in goal... yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I like Vicario. Uh, I think they possibly could have aimed a little bit higher. They were in for Raya at the start of the season, didn't want to pay the fee. That's why I think it's quite interesting that <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal have come in and, and snapped him up, or are trying to at least, um, when they don't really need him either. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think it is an upgrade for sure. Now it's time for a new feature on Football <coughs>
0: Only Better. It's time for Stinch's Stonker. Stinch <laughs> will be coming up with big price selections throughout the campaign. Stinch, show us your
3: stonker. <laughs> it's a big, big outright stonkers, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna kickstart the season with a, with a double. Um, so the first part of the double is Sheffield United to finish bottom. Uh, touched on the Saturday show that they they've lost Ilman and who but I believe is irreplaceable, uh, top scorer and assister with, with 24 contributions last season. Also lost the to top scorer in, in James Mcatee, um, and they're 11 to four to finish bottom. Now Luton are faves eight to five, but I feel like Luton have not lost anyone significant of note, and I think that price discrepancy should be a lot closer. So I'm going to take Sheffield United, which in, in what could be a two horse race. And then I'm going to double them with uh, Sheffield Wednesday to get relegated. Oh, wonderful. The
0: Sheffield double.
3: <laughs> exactly. Now, Sheffield Wednesday are a mess. Um, the owner, Chancery, uh, falls out with miracle worker Darren Moore and then spends the unveiling of new manager Cisco Munoz ranting at Carlton Palmer, who wasn't even there. <laughs> um, They've done next to nothing in the transfer window. And what they have done, I feel, is very flaky signings from abroad, sort of unknown players that haven't really worked, haven't got really got a track record. And then, you know, again, poor domestic signings like Ashley Fletcher on loan. He's got 23 goals in 134 games at championship level. It's just not good enough. And then you look at them opening day against Southampton. Now, it's a Southampton team that are obviously going to challenge for promotion. So you have to have put that into context. But Wednesday at home, must have just 20% possession, and that was after going behind after just eight minutes. Um, so I feel like you know these two have obviously just come up, so they are obviously they should be in the conversation to to go back down. And there is there is a lot to do to to stay up in my opinion, and, and not a lot of competition that they've got um, stopping them maybe from going back down. And also feel very random, but I think there could be this cross, cross, uh, cross-team depression across the city. You know, um, you know, to getting each other down that they're both they're both doing badly um, and drag each other down almost. So sixteen to one for the double. Uh, I think that's uh, very worthy, and I'm uh, happy to kickstart the season with that.
0: A steel city shambles. Quick word on that, Jake. Seeing as <laughs> this is your patch, we're talking about.
4: Um, yeah, I, uh, at the start of the season, actually backed both Blades and Owls to finish bottom. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very much on the same thought path <laughs> of that. Uh, yeah, I have to say, the, some of the business that Wensy doing, it feels like just throwing stuff at a wall and opening one of them actually turns out okay. Um, You're yeah. not supposed to throw your players against a wall before <laughs> the season starts. Well, Chan 0 he's got that up his sleeve probably, yeah. So generally
0: yeah. not accepted in sports science that that's what you should do. Um, no doubt that injury time goals are a big source of drama in football, that Aguero moment, Solskjaer. Breaking by in heart, for those goals can be a pain in the pocket if they ruin your bet. So we've introduced something new at Betfair, which is the 90-minute payout. Now, when you bet on the results of a match, you can still win even if there is injury time drama. If the clock hits 90 minutes and you've got the right result as it stands, your bet wins when the match ticks into injury time. Now, we've got a handy FAQ section on our website, betting.betfair.com. T's and C's in the description, 18+. plus. See gambleaware.org. And on Monday, Manchester United begin their season against the Wolves side, who have been very quiet in the transfer market so far. Mark,
1: have you been impressed by United signings? Some of them. Anana uh, in particular. Um, Mason Mount, not so much. Um, Rasmus Hoyland, excited about the potential there. but. Um, For the transfer fee and the outlay, I wonder whether they were better options on the continent elsewhere. um, It's a better potential, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, Hopeful for him because he had a a cracking year last year (laughs) with Atalanta, but um, yeah, I think this is a a real kind of open goal, really, for United now on Monday night to kick off their season in style, really. Um, They were imperious at Old Trafford last season, uh, a fantastic home record. Um, If you look at their record when you exclude um, the big teams, uh, 12 wins, 2 draws, 0 defeats, conceding just 5 goals at home to clubs in 7th and below. Now, they have been flat-track bullies. Um, I don't think that's that's a negative by any stretch, but it you know, obviously gives them an, a great opportunity on Monday against the Wolves team. In disarray, really, off the field, um, there's talks of massive FFP uh, restrictions on the squad. It means That's that been coming for a while, hasn't it, really? Yeah, but you, you sell your best player um, and then you kind of forced into a transfer. Uh, on Cunha for £40 million because of the loan deal uh, kind of just keeps your hands strapped basically you can't do any more business so um, Lopetegui is not happy understandably so he worked minor miracles with that club last season <coughs> he might not even be there by the time the game kicks off on, on Monday night the way things are going at the minute if reports uh, were led to believe that they were the lowest goal scorers last season terrible away from home as well their only wins came at bottom four teams their record at the top eight zero wins one draw seven defeats I think United should be winning this game with room to spare. They beat Wolves to nil, home and away last year, but uh, t- I don't expect them to run away with it uh, just because of is smart enough to set that team up and, and keep things relatively competitive. So United to win an under 4.5 goals would have been where I'm going. It's a little bit short at 8-11. 22 of United's 23 Premier League wins, home or away, featured under 4.5 goals. So it tended to be quite a, a steady way in. For backing United, but I'll, I'll boost it up. You might be able to get close to six to four if you're lucky. Between five to four, six to four is what I'm expecting by just including Bruno Fernandes to have a shot on target. Um, I think we all kicked the kicked him when he was down really after that uh, Liverpool debacle last season. But he responded really well. And in fairness, Eric Ten Hag defended him from the outset. He said he is my skipper he's, he's good enough for that role i still have full faith in him and he's such a moaner though <laughs> he is he's a little brat but he reacted <laughs> he reacted brilliantly i thought and particularly towards the end of the season when he did play that more advanced role uh was the main man sort of behind the strikers you know he, he likes to pepper shots from all distances anyhow so united should dominate this match uh, i don't see them scoring more than four but um hard to see wolves contributing but i think bruno will be in amongst it at least yeah jake it's
4: Quite a tight spot for Wolves at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, not, not too much to get excited about. Um, I guess the only thing we were talking about before recording was um, sasa Aladzic coming back into the fold and what he can bring. Um, obviously, being the main striker now, Jimenez has gone to Fulham. Is he going to be able to do enough to keep this you know, Wolves team out of relegation trouble? Probably not, given the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. I mean, I think we all agree that Lopetegui is a very good coach and, and would probably walk into a, a decent job in Europe if he left Wolves. So, um, yeah, like like Mark said, if there's every chance he's not even on the touchline on Monday, given reports that are circulating. Um, so, yeah, I'm not expecting much from them Monday night, um, whoever is in charge. Uh, their attack last season, even under Lopetegui, was the worst in the league after he took charge. 0.9 expected goals four per game. Which was woeful uh, they weren't creating anything really on a game-to-game basis i feel like it's been like that for ages as well yeah yeah it, well Nuno was 1-0 Nuno wasn't he yeah. the, you know keep things tight and then Bruno Large came in and just kind of did the same thing <laughs> and then Lopetegui came in yeah, he was
0: supposed to be really attacking because that's what he had been at Benfica yeah. came in and it's just exactly the same dross
4: yeah well yeah exactly and, and Lopetegui's kind of Done the same thing but got away with it because they needed the results to yeah. steer clear. Um, but yeah, Man United made it a fortress Old Trafford last season and I fully expect them to get off to a winning start quite comfortably. I, I do respect Wolves from a defensive standpoint. I think they'll be set up well enough to not get absolutely dismantled. Um, so yeah, i had gone for United to win in a, an under three and a half goals, which is 11 to 10. Um, but you know, with the added security of an extra goal, Mark's probably got put up a, a better angle there.
0: That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of good preview content on our website, betting.betfair.com. We've got an exciting new Betfair YouTube channel for non-racing content. Don't worry, we didn't get rid of the racing stuff. It's still there. Make sure you check out the link in the description. And subscribe from Mark, from Jake, from Stinch, from Emmett, and from me. It's goodbye for now.